Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hello, hello out there. Hey, beaming our way out all over the world, right here from Chicago, Illinois, on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is Faith Marketplace, where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, have I got a good one for you today. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small, mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development sales skills and training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai, we put the win back in your sales. So... I am so proud and honored to introduce a lady that we've had an ongoing conversation for a while. I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Dolores Thomas. She's the president of Joseph Business School right here in Chicago, but she lives in Philly. So she, her arms are tired. She flew in all the way to be in the session today. So welcome, Dolores. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure and honor to be here with you, yeah, Bob. It is. We had, we had a lovely time together. Um, you know, Dolores, one of the things that uh, you know, we've got, we, we, when we talked about it, because it was just like this flash of connection for us. You have a quote that you wrote, and it's very special to me also, but why don't you share that with the audience, and why is that special to you? Yeah, my quote is actually a scripture. It's mm-hmm. Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And my great-grandmother, I'm originally from Jamaica, literally raised me on that scripture. And so wow. anytime I hear it quoted or anything like that, I tell you, it just leaps as if she's still talking to me today. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I know that when you talk about that, we go, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> that was the inspiration for the show right from the get-go. Amazing. And, and you think about that, you know, as people of faith and we're in the workplace and the marketplace, you know, we have a, you know, ordained by God. We've got to be salt light. We've yes. got to be that beacon on the hill. we got to get that light underneath the basket. So we're in, that's where we encourage inspired business leaders here to get that light out from underneath the basket. Let's get that out there and shine, you know? Yeah. And that, that whole concept of light mm. is just a phenomenal concept. I mean, when I turned 50, the Lord says, okay, you've had enough of hiding that light under a bushel and it's time to really pull that out. And as believers, many times we tend to hide our gift and cloak it under a concept of humility when God is saying, no, I need you out there. I need the light to shine so that men can glorify me. I would say it's not even necessarily cloaked in humility. It's cloaked in fear. Mm because of the situation we got out here in the secular world. Yeah, that's why many times he says, fear not, right? Exactly, absolutely. But that's a loaded word. (laughs) That is a loaded word. You know what it means, right? Yes. You've seen the acronym. I've heard it, False evidence appearing Appearing real. real. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, what what do you want the, the audience to get out of this interview today? What are the takeaways? Well, you know, there are a couple things. One is that faith at work really is a performance enhancer. 
Okay. And a lot of times we make it the last resort, mm. and it really should be our first. Okay. Um, the second is diligence is what produces excellence. And a lot of times we fail to recognize the importance of diligence, pressing in, being thorough. In fact, uh, when we look at examples in the marketplace from the Bible, uh, you see Daniel. He mm. was 10 times better because he was diligent. And so diligence is what causes excellence. And when you're excellent, it's what causes your level of promotion. And when you're promoted is what gives you the platform and the authority to speak more boldly about your faith. Um, the third is that faithfulness and stewardship really leads to increase. Okay. And so whatever areas of responsibility we're given, it's important for us to be faithful, even when it doesn't feel like you're being rewarded and right. supported in your faithfulness. Right. And that stewardship um, that we should really operate and function our businesses and our areas of responsibility with a level of ownership. And that really is what causes us to increase and have success. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to tell you some folks, you got to fasten your seatbelts today because Dolores is going to bring it. She has got a lot of wisdom and we've got some giveaway. We got a fabulous giveaway for you today, too. But, um, you know, Dolores, I always like to acquaint our audience with the background piece here. So, um, like to for you to kind of give your testimony. Do you, you come out a bouncing baby Christian girl? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I, I, I was born and raised in Jamaica. Okay. Right? The only way you survive is you've got to have some level of faith. Okay. And it wasn't in the uh, city parts of mm-hmm. Jamaica. It was actually in in the rural areas. In fact, we right. entertained many missionaries. When, Did you? Absolutely. Oh, really? oh, wow. So um, church was our was our epicenter of everything, right? It's where you, you were taught uh, to read. It was where you were taught to um, build your skills. I mean, the church was everything. So yeah, literally bouncing out of that baby womb. But let me tell you something about that story. Okay. Um, I was full term, according to my mom. Okay. But yet I was born three and a quarter of a pound. What? Yes. And they called me, one of my pet names is Bobbit, right? And that's because they saw me and they had to pin me with bobby pins. Oh, my goodness. And my mom tells me that I was born with a, uh, like this light in the middle of my forehead. And she went to sleep one night and she literally got a dream that she should warm up some oil and put it on that mark and it would go away. So... Years later, when I've learned and understand the importance of the anointing and the importance of oil, I recognize that when many people thought, and she also told me the midwife mm-hmm. who delivered me considered me to be the miracle baby of the town. I'll bet. And they said to my mother, if anybody knows how to take care of a child, it's my mother because she was able to have this child born at home. They would pin me with warm bottles as incubator so that I could be this grown woman that I am right now with you, Bob. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> oh my so goodness. I know that um, God really had a purpose. Yep. And um, I'm just excited that my mom was able to tell me that story. And, and from that story, it really has been the the thing that drives me, right? So regardless of what I've attained in a secular marketplace, my faith and my understanding of God's purpose and design for my life has always been the forefront of many of my decisions. Well, coming from that beginning, I guess so. (laughs) Holy smokes. Wow. That's that's amazing. That's fascinating. You know, we've had a couple folks in here that have similar stories as to background, difficult backgrounds Mm. they're born with. 
with things that were incurable or something mm. like that. And God's anointing on them has just been phenomenal as to Amen. just like what happened with you. Now, I'm just curious. How did you get to the States then? Yeah, so my, my, my aunt, who mm. migrated for work, uh, came first. And so she okay. brought her sister, who then is my mother's mother. Okay. And as a result, we migrated here um, in the Boston area, actually, in 1982. Oh, wow. So I have been here for... A nope. number of years. What year? How old were you when you came? I was twelve. You're twelve. Okay, so Bob, you've okay. asked a woman her age. Okay, let's do the math. Yeah, I, I didn't do the math. <laughs> I, I'm not going there. I'm not going there, Dolores. That's okay. I, I know better than that. I, I am bold. Well. I'm not ashamed. Okay, you shouldn't be. I you're, shouldn't be. No. Uh, I look like twelve. You do. Thank you, Bob. You do. You thank look you. Wonderful. Oh, thanks. And and from a guy that's a lot older than you, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey. um... You know, the journey. Let's start yes. at 12 now. So mm-hmm. you come to a, a foreign country. You, had, yes. you hadn't had any exposure to the U.S. before any of that? Well, my aunt, who had lived here, would come and visit. But no, um, I had traveled to Canada, where my dad lived at the time. Okay. But I've not, I did not have any exposure to the U.S. before migrating. Before migrating. Yeah. So how was that for you? How did that do? Well, it was interesting. Do you want me to be honest, brutally yeah, honest? Sure. Well, I came in April, and at the time, it was snowing. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and and we moved to Boston, and well, Cambridge to be specific, and it's the, it's the dirty snow. It's not the fresh snow. Right. So I thought to myself, wait a minute, did I... Did, is this what America is all about? So the first thing was, oh, wow, that that's kind of an interesting uh, what I had imagined America to be right. versus what it ended up looking like physically when I showed up. Yeah. And then I, I started high school, and that was, that was a culture shock because oh, back yeah. then – uh, in Jamaica, if you hung out outside of the classroom or if you were smoking, you were seen more of like a lower class. Okay. And so you would go to high school and there were folks hanging out, they were eating outside, they were smoking. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this America? So my first impression was quite um, different than what I would have uh, anticipated, uh, knowing yeah. that so many people would think of it to be this grand place. Yeah. Um, although later in life, I do, I do agree that America is an amazingly grand place. Right. It really, truly is the land of opportunity, and so I've come to uh, see it as my home and love it as my home. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you go back to Jamaica? At all? I do. Um, we do have a, a school in Jamaica in Kingston, and I have very few relatives that are still there. Many. Okay. of them have migrated to either the UK or other parts of the world, right. um, Canada, etc. And so, but yes, I do get to go back and enjoy the beautiful beaches. That is fabulous. Yes. That is fabulous. Well, I can't believe this first segment is almost <laughs> over with. My goodness. Hey, folks, you want to get out there and uh, I, I got to put a plug in here because I just love this organization I belong to. Are you looking for an increase in business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter that helps you grow professionally? Personally and spiritually, welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose, where we reform relationships to lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like-minded spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming here in Chicagoland area. I'm proud to say that I'm the regional manager for Chicago. So if you want to know more, you want to take and connect with me or uh, text me at 312-210-0607. 
with the letter the letter G and seven, and I will get back to you and give you more information. Okay, so fasten your seatbelt. Here we're going into segment two with Dolores Thomas. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Dr. Dolores Thomas. She's the president of the Joseph Business School right here in Chicago, even though she's in Philadelphia. <laughs> so she's she came in just to be in my show. Yeah, I'm just kidding. And she to had, go to work. And to go to work. She <laughs> had some other business here. But uh, you know what I want to do, Dolores? I want to get the, the audience out there to really understand um, well, first of all, let me back up a little bit in your testimony. Mm-hmm. After, you know, the coming to America, the high school and all that, what happened after after high school? Where'd you go to school? So my undergrad, I went to Bentley College because I thought I was going to be an accountant, and ah. it was one of the top accounting schools. And then after that, I got my MBA at Harvard, um, mm-hmm. where I studied. In between that, I worked at uh, Xerox and, um, and then spent several years after that before I got my PhD from Regent. So you mean your dad lets you go to Xerox? My 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 spiritual dad, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Doctor Winston is an IBMer. Yeah, yeah. He didn't well, know me then, well, so that that's covered under the blood. Well, your husband was at IBM too, right? Yeah, that's but 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 I didn't know him then either. Oh, so okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that uh, Xerox was back in Boston, and yeah. Um, yeah. So surprise, I was surprised I was, that you got a Harvard MBA. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> go figure. There, go figure that. What the Lord will do with a Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, so let's educate our audience about the Joseph Business School. So take us back, because you were at the very inception of that. Yes. And how did that come about? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, I got married. My husband and I were worshiping in different places, and okay. we said, oh, uh, you know, we need to find a place that meets both of our needs. Mm-hmm. We went to, um, he said, I've got a friend who I worked with at IBM, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Dr. Bill Winston. He wasn't named Dr. Bill Winston at the time. And he said, let's go and visit his church. He just started a church. And we went there and man, what a amazing ministry. One where he really knew how to marry faith and the marketplace together. Yeah. He's a fighter pilot, right. Top Gun, Distinguished yeah. Cross, and he also worked at IBM. So the way he would talk in his message really, really resonated with us. So we decided that this would be our church Good home. Yeah. And uh, he asked my husband, he said, listen, uh, there are lots of leaders who are looking to marry their faith and the marketplace, and they're interested in having a more stable, um, structured program. Okay. At the time, he would offer business conferences. Okay. And so he said, oh, can you put something together for me? And in fact, we went back and my husband has his MBA from University of Chicago and he was an executive in the telecommunication industry. And we went back and we put together a plan for him and said, oh, it will take, you know, about two years or so. He said, let me go pray about that. He went back, he prayed and he said, the Lord told me two months. (laughs) <laughs> that was our first lesson of marrying faith in the marketplace, yeah. that God can yeah. speak to you. Um, I want you to take down Jericho. How am I going to do that, Lord? I want you to march around six times on the seven times shout. Really? Right. Is that you know is that possible? Right. And so when he put that two months out there, we were so hungry and thirsty. We were like little children learning faith and what that really? means to be and to operate in faith that we took it. 
And there's a scripture that says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And if you listen to the prophet, um, that, you know, your plans will be established. And so the, those these were some of the principles that we learned. And so we took that and didn't know how God was going to make it happen in two months. But he did. Um, back then, it wasn't the Internet. You had to go to the library, look at the microfiche, yep. if you remember that, Bob. Yeah, I sure do. And so we would look look at the microfiche, put it under underneath. We would see it. And guess what? The Lord directed us to a curriculum really? where we found this woman, Kathy Ashmore, who was a pioneer in, in promoting entrepreneurship education. Wow. Back then... 20 plus years ago, they were saying you can't teach entrepreneurship. You're either born to be an entrepreneur, but you can't teach it. And she was a pioneer um, really introducing entrepreneurship training. And so her number was listed on the document that we were reading. Oh, my goodness. So something said, call her. Didn't know if the phone worked. Didn't know if she would answer the call. But she answered. And we said, guess what? (laughs) We want to start an entrepreneurship training program. She said, I'll help you. Wow. And really, that was the start. So when God asks you to do something that seems absolutely bizarre and out of, you know, I I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. I don't have the knowledge. Just know that if God calls you to do it, he's already put everything in place to do it. We just have to be obedient. And so that was the first step of, of doing that. So we established the program. First, we had a relationship with Ohio State University where we took their base curriculum. Okay. And then we recruited folks. Now, okay. at this church, it was a young church, and we said to Dr. Winston, we said, uh, we believe we have instructors here. He goes, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. I said, let's, let's go ahead and, and make a call. And we did. And guess what? Guess who was sitting in the pews? Other Harvard MBAs, Stanford <laughs> MBAs, Wharton MBAs, who love loved God yep. and who wanted something other than singing in the choir or ushering. And when we announced that we were doing this program, they came up and said, we'll help you. Wow. So then we took that wow. base program and literally took some real life experience and people who had been either lawyers or accountants and created our own faith-based uh, program and that's how it started. And how long ago was that? Oh, you're trying to tell my age again. No, I'm okay. not trying to tell your age so, again. So that was in 1998. Okay. Yeah, so in 1998, and then we got it certified by the Illinois Board of Education and got the program approved, and uh, we operated it for several years, and now we're a fully accredited institution um, starting out very small. Now we are in over five continents. And we have um, over 30-plus locations around the world. I love this story. This Only is God. so cool. But God. God. And that's so much about what this show has been and how God brought the show about is how do you connect your faith and work. Yes. And we were on the cusp of, of uh, this. I mean, now you Google it, and there's, it's all over the place with podcasts. But we, I think there was only less than a handful of shows at the time mm-hmm. when we did this. And God called me into it, I, you know, kicking and screaming. But, I, you know, it was uh, his, his wish. Hey, um... Who are the ideal target audience for, for this program? Um, anyone who has an idea for starting a business okay. or those who have established businesses, okay. but they're trying to understand how to operate their business using biblical principles. Okay. So you can either have an idea and we help you develop that. We call ourselves midwives, okay. where we come alongside you to make that dream become a reality, and or if you've been in business and you know that you've got much more potential and you want right. to scale, uh, you 
want to grow. You want to go global. You want to do an IPO. You want to do mergers and acquisitions. So it's it's from an idea starting out, right, um, all the way to growing and scaling a business. So, uh, what you know, you told me earlier, I was a little bit surprised. But mm-hmm. what's the average age of folks that are in your program? Yeah, um, what we have seen, particularly in the Chicago-based program, is between thirty-five and fifty-five. Okay. So these are folks with some level yeah. of experience, work right. experience, and/or business experience, and they really want to step out and do their own. Okay. So, um, although although our our admissions policy is you just have to have a high school degree, so we have okay. some of our students right. that are much younger, right. but the the median age is about thirty four. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, as you know, this has grown enormously you yes. know, in the last half a decade. My goodness, you know, all the schools are rising. I think Babson was one of the first ones, you know, out there that had a full curriculum. Yeah, to teach. They were our and neighbor now, right across the street at Bentley. Yeah, so, yeah. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they, they now look at what's going on all over the country. Right. Yeah. Uh, what How's it, what's involved in the curriculum? How long is this thing? Is this a couple of years or what's the deal? No, 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 no. So initially we started out, it was nine months. Mm-hmm. It takes nine months to have a baby. Right. Um, and then uh, Dr. Winston says, wait a minute. The Lord is saying we need to accelerate time. Mm-hmm. And so now it's four months. And oh, it says, geez. you know, oh. come say, you know, four months, yet comes the harvest. And so, wow. and so now we have condensed it. It's a 161 clock hour program. And we also have now launched our faith in marketplace um, curriculum that okay. is a 90 clock hour program um, okay. that's done in four months and we have several modalities so you could either come on campus you could do online, online right. or you could do e-learning um, so there are lots of different modalities now, in you, which you could how take many actual class. physical campus do you have now you we, we started over 31 we have about 21 okay. that's active okay yeah yeah with the yeah. plus the online curriculum and all is yes. the curriculum the same for both the curriculum is the same for both okay. and we also have it in Spanish so we also have a Spanish program. Okay. So, um, habla español. We okay. have it in Spanish. That's great. Sí. Now, uh, what does somebody come out of the curriculum with? What do they have? They come out with, um, if you have not established a business, more Mm -hmm. than likely you would have started a business. Okay. And we establish the goal that your business should be operating at a million dollars. And so um, a lot of times people have small businesses, but we really help them to expand their idea to think about, you know, hey, if I I have a trucking company, not just one truck, but how do you have, you know, many, a fleet of trucks and how are you delivering not just in one region of the country, but but all over the world. Right. And so we give them tools as to how to scale their ideas to at least a million dollars. And nowadays, a million dollars wow. is not a lot of money. So yeah. it's getting them to that first hump. Right. Uh, and then uh, through that is also having a business plan. Right. So um, and for them to be able to pitch their plan to make sure that it is bankable mm-hmm. or that you can have investors that would be willing to invest in your business. So they, you're preparing them also to get in front of investors then? They might yes. Want to take an invest in this. Yes. That's fantastic. Yes. Oh, my goodness. How many students approximately have you graduated since 1998? Um, well, we, we've um, serviced over 10,000 uh, folks across our program. Okay. For within the Chicago-based area, for our campus and our online, it's about 1,000 entrepreneurs that wow. we have graduated. Wow. Are n- not counting all of our other campuses. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, how often... How fr- does this rotate the curriculum? Rotate? And yes. So, so we do have cohorts. Um, okay. Currently, our cohorts um, are October and April is when we start. Okay. Now that we have changed the program from nine months to four, we might add another uh, cohort when we're we're doing intake. All right. But if anybody's interested, they could just go ahead and we're going to get right back on that yeah. one because we got to get the information out. Plus, we got a fabulous giveaway. You, oh, oh man, my goodness, guys, you got to. 
you're going to really love this giveaway we have today. So uh, we're going to be right back here with an interview with uh, Dr. Dolores Thomas um, with the Joseph Business School. You heard a little bit about it. We're going we're gonna to tease a little bit more out of here in the next segment and then some other cool things you don't know about Dr. Dolores, okay? So we're going to be right back with Dr. Dolores Thomas of, of <laughs> the Joseph Business School. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, uh, Dr. De- uh, Dolores Thomas. She's a president of the Joseph Business School. If you missed the last segment, man, you got to listen to the podcast and later on because she she has really uh, given us something that's fabulous, a school that started back in 98. That's amazing. With a vision, right, of how do you integrate faith and work? All that, but you had something else you want to share with the audience about a scholarship program. Yeah, so the Dr. Winston recently decided that uh, in this time of acceleration and also looking at the biblical principles of sowing and reaping, that we are going to sow into the lives of entrepreneurs where okay. it's fully scholarshiped. Wow. And when they complete and their businesses are growing and scaling, that they would then sow forward okay. for the next cohort. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. So the program is now fully scholarshiped. And also fully accredited. And right? fully accredited. Right. Because you yes. just told me about that, about this accreditation. And you, yes. every three years you got to go I through know. this, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's that's really impressive, you know, to be able to do that. Um, so um, we're going to get, we're going to do the giveaway. Okay. Okay. Because I, I'm so excited. About and then we're going to tell people how they can also, um, if they want to know more yeah, about yeah, yeah, the school. Let's do that. You want me to do that now? Yeah, no. Okay. So if, if any of you want to know more about the Joseph Business School, you could visit us online at jbs.edu for Joseph Business School. Again, jbs.edu. Is there a phone number down there? Or no? uh, yes. Um, area code 708-697-6200. All right. 708-697-6200. All right. So, folks, you got to fasten your seatbelts here because we are going to give away four copies of uh, Dr. Dolores' book, Awaken to Leadership. And i got to tell you something. This is jam-packed with goodies. It's short. It's sweet. You're going to get through it. She tells me in a couple cups of coffee, but you will. <laughs> she's got stories about that. I'm going to let her tell you the story. So what's in this book? What, what, what are they they're going to get? So in this book, it really is talking about that every single person can be a leader. And to awaken the leadership capabilities that we all have. And what I've done is I've taken concepts that I learned during my um, doctoral studies and mirror them and marry them, if you will, with the word of God. So, for example, as a leader, right, we talk about different leadership skills or leadership styles, but every leadership style has a followship style. So, for example, if I'm a transactional leader where it's like I'm going to give you a task, you get it done, you get rewarded then a follower is the person who likes and feels good about that. But right. if I have a servant leader or a servant type follower who's looking for a servant leader and you're transactional, sometimes that doesn't mix, that doesn't right? Match, right. Yeah. And so there are also other principles that we talk about. One that I really like is the bounded rationality. Okay. And bounded rationality as a concept is many of us as leaders like 
people to tell us that our ideas are really good, yep. right? Yep. And tell us we're doing a great job. Well, if we think about bounded rationality, as in the story of Daniel, you had Daniel's cohorts who went and told the king, hey, king, you're awesome. Everybody should be bowing down to you. Right. And they literally had malfeasance in their heart as to why they went and shared that with that leader. Right. The leader, unaware of what they were doing, decided, oh, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. I am a king. And sure enough, you know, everybody should bow to me. And he sets this rule only to find out it would negatively affect one of his top performers. Right. And so we talk about examples of that in the Bible and how should a leader um, make sure that they manage against bounded rationality? Mm -hmm. And how do we have, if you're Daniel, what are the things that you need to do to not make sure that you then respond with revenge, right? But that you stay uh, remaining excellent to the point where the Bible even says that he was 10 times better and he caused no damage to the king. So some of these... um, both peer-to-peer types of concepts and leadership concepts are written in the book. I told you guys she was going to bring it, so here you go. Text me at 312-210-0603 with the key word AWAKEN. Again, 312-210-0603 with the key word AWAKEN. And the four, the four, first four people that do that are going to get this copy of this fabulous. I told you she was going to bring it. This thing is just chuck full of fabulous stuff, uh, and uh, I'm just thrilled that we're going to be able to give away four copies of it. You're very generous with this. Yay. This is great. Rie is right. Okay. Well, listen. Um, one of the things we want to talk about is what do you give praise in the business and what in the school for to God for. What do I, well, a lot of things. We have had individuals who came with no money. Mm-hmm. They had been on public aid. They went through the program and started million dollar businesses. Wow. We've, you know, the book in Isaiah, Isaiah 55, it says, Come eat, buy without money, without price. We've had people who have acquired businesses without having to pay money. Wow. Um, and so now we have been able to see folks uh, really eradicate poverty, close the wealth gap simply by starting a business. And let me say this. The Abrahamic covenant, which says, I'm going to bless you for you to be a blessing, is the vehicle that God uses for us to provide jobs for others. And those jobs help people to buy homes, send their kids to school. So business and the tool of starting a business and running a business is a phenomenal vehicle for us to be able to do the work that God's called us to do. Absolutely. And so that's really my biggest, you know. And also, you know, a large part of the audience, underserved and underprivileged is who you're helping. Uh, Well, believe it or not, it's about a third, a third, a third, right? There's uh, about a third of, because we really do do not ex- exclude those who really do have a need. Right. And entrepreneurship is the only way, whether yep. you're an ex-offender, right. whether you're a high school graduate or, mm-hmm. you know. So we make sure that we're not uh, eliminating right. those who really need you're the opportunity. Inclu- yeah, very inclusive. Very inclusive. Right. Yeah, and, and then you have those with PhDs right. or those who've been working for a company. They know that God's calling them to entrepreneurship. They really don't. They've never had anybody in their life or family who've been entrepreneurs. Yep. They don't know how to do it. And so we really help them to, to grow and Yeah, because I coach a lot of folks that come out of, out of uh, corporations and mm-hmm. a whole different ball game being yep. out here and trying to be an entrepreneur and... You know, when you're on that juice for so long, you yeah. know, as a corporate thing, 
it's real difficult to make that turn and understand that, you know, now you got to fend for yourself. You haven't got departments, you haven't got assistance, you haven't got all this stuff. So yeah, but it becomes good. easier if we understand faith and yes. that God is going to call us to go to Canaan and to leave Right. And yep. to then to leave Egypt and you're going to try and figure out, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? While I'm facing giants. <laughs> how, how do you inspire folks in the business? In, in how do I how now? do we inspire them? Yeah. Liter- literally both with real life examples. Right? right. So introducing them to entrepreneurs who have had similar challenges that yep. they've had. That's right. Uh, and also giving them opening their eyes experience is like like they say a picture's worth a thousand words so when we take them on tours and help them to see that someone with similar challenges if you're a woman if you're a man if you're older if you're younger if you're right. black if you're white if you're hispanic what does that I can find and see someone who has similar challenges yep. that they've overcome it yep. and so that inspires them that okay I can do it too I love that I love that um, obviously, that's how you provide a lot of hope for people, too, you know, by being able to do that and demonstrate it firsthand. Because, you know, you're right. I mean, experience is worth everything. Yes. You know, and I think we overlook that sometimes. Yeah. In, the, in, the, in this brush to educate, educate, and educate, you know, knowledge is only as good as what you use it. Yeah, know? yeah. And I, unfortunately, you know, maybe I'm just getting cranky in my old age, but <laughs> one of the things I'm just so disappointed in what I'm seeing is the lack of critical thinking. Well, you know, out of school, you know, it's yeah. Like, wow. And a part of that lack of critical thinking is also not being comfortable in your own skin. Okay. Right. So when you're trying to model someone else and mm-hmm. you want to be a copy of something else, right. then your capacity to think creatively and innovatively and critically yep. kind of goes away because you're just wanting to be like the next person. Right. If we have time, I want to tell the story that really impacted me. So I I ran my first Chicago Marathon, and I had no idea what I was doing. But there was something called pacers, Mm -hmm. and the pacers would have how fast they were going to run on their backs. And I thought, hey, they've got an official thing on their back, so they must be official. That must be the time that they're going to run. So I'm at the halfway mark, 13.1 miles, and my pacer that I was following quits. Uh, oh no! And I thought, how could this be that you quit? And she quit. And at the time, it's my first time. So I made sure I left all my phones, my money, because I figured the only way I'm going to finish this is if I have to finish it. Right. So she quit and I was following her. Many of us in life follow, but the Bible says, run your own race. Yep. And what you find is who are our pacers in life who quit on us and then causes us to examine, well, should I quit because they quit? Or am I running my race yep. for a reason that is totally about fulfilling God's plan for my life? I love that. So what words of wisdom, Dolores, would you have given to your younger self? I would give to my younger self, be true to who you are. And I think to some degree that's what I've done. But my younger self is don't don't be afraid of, of being unique. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't be afraid of being unique. I mean, while I have, like I mentioned, a Harvard degree, most of my Harvard friends are running corporations right now. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would I leave that to go work for a church? That is not normal, right? right? But at the end of the day, God is going to ask Dolores, what did she do? She's not going to ask my classmates, what did Dolores do? And so the courage to be able to be authentic to yourself and not be afraid, but be much more um, emboldened by the fact that God 
if he's on your side, he is bigger than any and everything. You bet. Yeah. I love that. And, and you're right. It's about courage. And yeah, it's really about that. courage. Funny, interesting, and cool about you. Kind of tipped it a little bit, but uh, why don't you share with the audience what's so funny, cool, and interesting about you? What's funny and cool? Yeah, oh, my gosh. You said you, you shared that with me that, you know, that you run a couple of these. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I did. I ran three, actually, Chicago marathons. Okay. The first one, I had just had my daughter, and it was actually on her first birthday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that's the re- that was my purpose for running. Okay. And I said, I can't quit because my daughter would be like, Mom, on my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, folks, I can't believe we're up there. Three segments already. You got to stay tuned because Dolores and I are going to come back and discuss a mystery subject. So you got to stay tuned. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You got to come back. You got to listen to this. And believe me, it's going to be packed full of a lot of wisdom, not from me, but from her. Okay, so (laughs) we're going to be right back with Dolores Thomas. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, uh, Dr. Dolores Thomas. She's the president of Joseph Business School. And this is a mystery subject we're going to chew on right now. And that is, uh, I've got a little theme thing that I'm doing going in this fall, and that's called, When Do You Dig a Water Well? Okay. So, Dolores, do you know the answer to that? Do I know the answer to yeah, it? When I, would you dig in a water well? Well, you know, he says that uh, if you don't know what to say, just ask him and he'll tell you. So <laughs> we'll see what the Holy Ghost has to say about that. But as soon as you mentioned the word water well, yeah. do you know what came to mind? What? The story of Isaac. Okay. Because Isaac in the time of famine mm-hmm. dug the wells that were previously dug. And it says that in that time of famine, he became so wealthy that the Philistines envied him. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. as I reflect on it, I just begin to think about when do you dig water wells? And what's interesting about the story with Isaac is that his father also had faced a famine and he went back to Egypt. Right. Isaac whose wife was also barren, who also faced the same, did not. And so I think when you dig a water well is now, Mm -hmm. right? And, and, And what you're digging it with is to fortify ourselves with faith with the word of God. And I know this might be, you know, a faith and marketplace, but as I mentioned, my DNA is faith. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do as this Jamaican immigrant black girl, you know, <laughs> in this new country raised by a single mom. Like, what do you do? How do you right. start a school and take it global? Right. right exactly. who, who does that? Who does right. That? <laughs> but God, yep. God does that. Right. And I think in this new era, he's looking for us not to just be what I consider extrinsically motivated believers Mm -hmm. where we're motivated by the act of going to church. We're motivated by the act of having a conversation about our faith, but literally to be intrinsically motivated. What that means is to have such a deep relationship that his voice, you understand and hear his voice and you know so much about him that when he tells you to do something, you can move. And I'll tell you a story about this. I was having a meeting with someone when my daughter was very young. 
and she was a baby. And in the meeting, she was in the in the room in my office. And I was talking to the person outside of the office. And I heard that she had awakened. And um, I heard her voice. And I said, oh, excuse me, my daughter just woke up. He goes, I don't hear anything. Well, he couldn't hear it because he wasn't familiar with her voice. Yep. So you could be in a crowded store or a crowded right. venue and your mom or your child or yep. your spouse calls for your name yep. and that sound will make you listen to that. I believe that how you begin to dig those wells and to face those headwinds is to begin to have a relationship with God that you know his voice mm-hmm. because he knows the wind is coming. If you know the story when he said to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. Yep. And they said, but the the winds were coming and they wanted to wake him up. Well, he says, have I not taught you anything yet? Right. Oh, ye of little faith. faith. And so God wants our faith to be elevated to the point where we know his voice. Mm -hmm. And he says he will show you things to come that he will cause you to anticipate when that's coming so that you know when to begin to dig those wells. And he will also tell you when to stay or when to go. So, um, you know. That's one of the stories. And another one is when you're dealing with Jacob. Mm-hmm. Jacob had been working for Laban for a long time, and he was quite frustrated. Yep. And he did not recognize that he didn't have to do it in his own ability, but God had blessed him. Mm-hmm. And when he recognized that he wasn't running away from being blessed, but he could literally operate in the function and capability and the empowerment of the blessing, he then said, wait, 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 wait. I don't have to do this anymore. Guess what? You don't even have to pay me anything. God downloaded an idea and told him what to do that he was going to take the worst of the crop right and and look what happened to the point where Laban's son says oh my gosh he has stolen all of what my father has so even in the midst of potential or unforeseen headwinds that the safest place we could be is when we know God's voice spend time with him because he will always tell us what to do well, you know why I picked at that one. Why, why did you why, pick we, that Why one? are we picking at that one? Because obviously you dig a water well before you're thirsty. Okay. Now you're preaching. And guess what? What? I think we're going to be real thirsty going into 23. Yes. Because I see some headwinds. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's a big secret. And why I'm so excited about it, why I wanted to pick on that with you is because of what you're doing mm-hmm. with the Joseph Business School. So I want to share, I want to, I want to, have you share with me a little bit because as you know as entrepreneurs there's lots of challenges Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so how would you share how you prepare people that are going to be entrepreneurs with you know oftentimes you know the old adage you know you jump off the building then build a parachute on the Mm -hmm. way down because that's what entrepreneurs do sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a leap of faith yes so how do we prepare them for what's coming yeah, there there are a number of ways, right? But mm-hmm. before I do that, there's also a scripture that says God pours water on ground that's thirsty. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in that midst of thirst, God God is pouring water on. There are a couple of things. There's a study that was done, a longitudinal study that was done of African-American businesses that were on the BE100, the Black Enterprise 100 list. Yep. And after 40 years, there was less than 10. Mm. And the reason why there was less than 10 is because they did not foresee what was coming. 
As business people, we must study trends. Yep. We must become more familiar with what is changing, what you know, what's happening with the marketplace. Not only did we see that e-commerce fundamentally changed things, right. a pandemic yep. fundamentally changed yep. things, and so even how we have conversation and forcing ourselves to change. If you look at businesses like Blockbuster, that mm-hmm. you know, yep. I don't know, so I don't know who your listeners are. To some of them, <laughs> they might be like Blockbuster. Yeah. Well, guess what? Net. Netflix went to Blockbuster and told them that they should offer the product that Netflix is now offering, and they said no. Yep. Yep. And so a part of preparing ourselves is to be open to new ideas. Zoom is a is a is was birthed from Webex. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So even in our current state, we tend to not listen to new ideas that say, well, what about this? What about that? That's going to change. And I think it's going to be more important for us to become more open to opportunities. Yep. What we call opportunity <laughs> recognition mm-hmm. and then take a a a disciplined way of assessing those opportunities and testing the market for them, particularly as business people. Because that's what entrepreneurship is. That is what entrepreneurship is. But once we get one good idea and we start making lots of money, we have a tendency to feel like, well, we're making money. And so the enemy of being great is being good. So if you're cash flow positive, we tend to think, oh, things are well. I don't have to fix anything. Well, guess what? If you don't fix it. Yep. You'll yep. be swallowed up, right? Absolutely, so, and um, you're going to really yeah. be thirsty, and you're going to be really thirsty. You know, and like, and like <laughs> with the women with the oil, right? You better make sure you've got oil in your lamp. You better believe it. Yeah, and you know, it's one of the things. Obviously, with what I coach and teach, you know, mm-hmm. from a sales standpoint, we've been through a lot of these these recessions, and so what I share with people, and particularly last the last one, ten, oh eight, a ten, was there's gold, gold laying on the ground. You're not even bending or picking it up. And mm. what that was was their current clients because nobody was buying from somebody new. Mm. They're buying from current. So I really coach and really emphasize a lot. Get back to old clients. Get yes. back to people that know you. They trust you. There's a level of trust there. And that's the best way to go versus spending all this time and energy mm. going out there fishing for fish. That may, you, mm. you don't even put your line in the mm. right place and they're mm. not jumping. So what do, you, what do you do with that? I think particularly coming into what we're seeing right now, there's caution, there's Signals are mm-hmm. up right now. So what do you do with that? And entrepreneurs intrinsically are risk takers. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I love what you said. Do it with discipline now. Yes. Instead of just this scatterbrain thing. Oh, geez. Or, or the shiny object. Oh, let's run after this and run after that. Because I see a lot of that lo- loss of focus. Yeah. And, and that is very dangerous. The yep. lack of focus. You and um, and also making sure that whatever we do, that it's value oriented and value based. Big time. Big time. I can't believe we're up already. This uh, we could have another hour here, folks. You guys stay tuned. You gotta come back and see us next week, where we have another fabulous interview on here to inspire, equip, and encourage you to lead where you're at uh, in faith. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.